All right, so we've been talking about relationships, um, singleness, dating, marriage, all these things. That's what we're going to be focusing on this quarter. So I'm here today with a true love expert, Jonathan <laughs> Basista, um, love expert extraordinaire. And he's going to talk to us about how do you find the one? Because mm. I think you're going to, you're the next person, well, you and your wife, you're the next couple that's going to get married at the, at the church. So you have, so, yeah. you have a fiance, you got engaged recently. Um, so they said it couldn't be done, but look at you. you did it. <laughs> and um, there's hope for us. There's all. hope. Yes. So I want to talk about just like, okay, how do you, how do you know if someone's the one? And um, I guess before we even get into that topic, it would just be good to, to ask the question of is the one, is mm-hmm. that, is that something you should be looking for? Or is it like a unicorn? It's a, it's a mythical beast. That's, you know, you're not gonna. You're not gonna actually find. What do you? What do you? What do you think? I just want to hear if you, so I can just tell you how wrong you are. But go ahead. Okay, I personally don't think there is something called the one. Okay. Anywhere in scripture, but yeah, I mean, I know you're saying you might have a different view, different opinion. Don't be timid. Say, <laughs> state your view with confidence, with clarity. Okay, By the okay. way, did you ever see the movie The One? Jet Li. I've never seen. That not, one. not a very good movie. But okay. Well, I think it'd on. be helpful to talk about what does culture like what do what do people generally think of when they say the one yeah 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 and i think generally when we say the one i think they're talking about someone who feels like home kind of gives you those butterflies you know they're attractive mm. they're a babe they're a hunk you know yeah. attractive right maybe money financial security uh they support you they they're supportive of all your dreams. Yeah, they, your dreams they, yeah. they love you, you know. They think that you're amazing. Help you express yourself. I don't even know what that means, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. Help you express yourself. And I just don't think that person exists. Okay. Right? And I don't think God even promises that, a perfect person, perfect marriage. I don't think he promises marriage at all. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully by his grace we can experience that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think God, he desires for us to be married. He wants his people to be married. He wants us to model Christ in the church. But I don't think he promises it to individuals. I mean, what if you what if you looked at the the one? Because obviously we've all seen rom-coms, chick flicks, whatever, whatever yeah. you call them. Um, yeah, and we know that there's like plenty wrong with our world's view of, of relationships. But what if you viewed the one as there's God has an eternal plan for me. There's someone that he's picked for me that is not necessarily going to, you know, be flawless and fit perfectly Mm -hmm. in that sense, but is specifically designed and intention for me in a sense. You know, I, I would say in that sense, there is someone who is for you and you want to discern and, and seek that out and seek God's will. Um, I guess I would agree with you in the sense of, like it, like if God forbid, my wife passed away. Hopefully, she'll never watch this. But she always hates <laughs> yeah. when I talk about this, like this. Um, but you know, and if I were to get remarried, or if she were to get remarried, if I died, you know, I think you could you could rightly say, oh, that next person is also perfectly designed for you in this in this season. Like God knows exactly mm-hmm. what you need. Um, but so there's not necessarily like you can only marry one person in your entire life, and everything else is a, is is a fail. But I think. When I look at my wife, I'm like, wow, God perfectly gave me someone I can delight in and partner with and be sanctified by and help mm. her be sanctified. So in that different sense, would you agree that there's... Yeah. I mean, obviously, we worship a sovereign God, so he's okay. definitely 
created someone for us if you do get married. But I would say like even then we're not promised, right, to be married. We don't know ultimately. Yeah. Obviously we want to walk in faith and look for people that are uh godly and if if you're a woman, a godly man, if you're a man, a godly woman. So yeah. yeah. So what are your what are your in your view, what are the problems with kind of how the world seeks to look for the one? I think the main problem is just that you're if you're looking for the one, this like perfect person who's gonna fulfill all your needs and desires, like you're always gonna be let down. That person just doesn't exist. And really the only perfect person is Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I know it's like it's a cringy cliche that like, uh, don't look for uh your partner, but you know, look for Jesus or whatever. I, I feel like I hear that, but I think it's I think it's true that you're always gonna find everlasting fulfillment in Jesus Christ, not in a partner. And yeah. I and I think like generally when we think about the one, I think that's actually or at least culture's definition of the one i think that's rooted in sin this idea of uh this perfect person kind of putting this person on a pedestal like an idol and saying this person's going to fulfill me they are going to do everything that i need or want or they're going to give me all this joy perfect peace like it's it just can't be found in any any human other than jesus christ and i also think it's incredibly prideful because mm. you're basically saying I'm the one for someone else. Yeah, yeah. Right. And saying, I'm this great person. I'm awesome. I can supply all this. I can supply joy and peace to someone else and you can't. Yeah. It's very easy for that to cross the line into idolatry. Yeah. Right? If you're spe- speaking about someone who, you know, is flawed, but God made them for you then I think there's going to be realistic expectations in that relationship. But if you're saying this person is going to complete me, you know, they're going to be the answer. They're going to make me happy. I'm going to wake up every day fulfilled and satisfied because this person is next to me. Like you're going to be let down because you're, you're treating that person as if they are God. And I, I did an illustration. I I don't don't really do illustrations for like the main service, but when I was doing youth ministry, I did an illustration of like, I made a rickety kind of shelf, (laughs) <laughs> and then, you know, I've, I put one thing after they're on it, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to, you know, make you happy. They're going to, you know, whatever, like kind of piling all these things on top of it. And eventually the shelf breaks. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, I, that's why I always think of it is you're putting this eternal weight on infant or on finite beings that mm. can't carry that eternal weight. So your, your spouse or, or even your boyfriend or girlfriend is not meant to solve all of your problems, not meant to atone for your sins or fix your biggest life problems they're meant to be part of god's plan for your life but they're meant to actually point you toward jesus yeah Yeah. exactly so so i i would totally agree with that go on though i interrupted you yeah i think i think that's totally right like even to say that this person is kind of like you're saying going to fulfill all these things you're putting so much pressure and like you said eternal weight on a finite person it's ultimately just unloving to that person. And you they're, do crush that person. Yeah, they're going to fail and they're going to fail miserably. And I mean, yeah, they're going to let you down and they're not going to feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, so how do you see this idea of the one affecting, you know, pop culture today or just culture in general? Yeah. I think when we idolize the one, we've, we obviously see the results of that in culture. Like, 
people are getting married way, way less. And they're waiting till they're, you know, in their 30s now. When before I feel like it was their 20s. People are getting married older, a lot later in life. And people even end up settling for people not of good character. Yeah. Right. They're picking people that have maybe wealth, security. They look good. Uh, They bring you those. They give you those butterflies. Like, but in reality, they're just ugly on the inside. Yeah. And then I also see it in. just the divorce rate it's like crazy i don't even know the number i know there's debate but like i think it's yeah. up to 40 percent or 50 percent but it's crazy and that's just resulting in more and more broken families yeah. a lot of pain for children it's terrible and even like how we do dating now it's like you're essentially not we as christians but the world you're essentially like trying different people out like yeah. you're kind of having this fake marriage where you live together you sleep together you you know you do all these things even like buy dogs together or have yeah. kids I'm like it's just weird stuff that's not uh, not helpful and so and then a couple years down the road of course it loses some of that magic and so you move on somewhere else exactly there's not a view of like staying power or commitment because you're you're putting your own satisfaction needs fulfillment or even like I said self expression ahead of things that are eternally significant. Mm-hmm. So, uh, interesting. So, what does the Bible say about what we should look for in a spouse? Yeah, I think there are two baselines. Okay. If you're a Christian, they obvi- that person should obviously know Jesus Christ. They should be a Christian too, right? Second okay. Corinthians 6, 14 through 15 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? So yeah, the premise is you want to be with someone who believes the same things as you, who believes in God, loves God, uh, cherishes God. Otherwise, uh, they're going to pull you away from God. You're going to start idolizing things that they idolize or worship things that they worship, which is not God. And then the second thing, second baseline is they need to be of the opposite sex, (laughs) which is, I mean, it sounds funny saying that, but I mean, we live in a culture today where... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there there was a time where that could be implied. We're we're well past that time. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well past that time. So in a, in an age where everyone's so confused, yeah. So okay, good. So they they know Jesus, and we know we could, we've had other videos. We talked about kind of same sex marriage, homosexuality, why that's not biblical. Mm-hmm. So we you can feel free to peruse our other other videos for that. But um, that's good. Okay, so they they love Jesus. And they're the opposite sex. Those are sort of the non-negotiables, the yeah. baselines, the foundation. And then from that, what are other helpful things that we should focus on? Yeah, I think uh, for me, something that I think is really helpful is you want to find someone, obviously someone who knows Jesus, but also someone who's committed to uh, furthering the gospel, furthering the kingdom, loving God. They're committed to loving God because I think even saying, oh, they're Christian, I mean, you want to find someone who's serious about their faith. And then I think, secondly, something that is really helpful is they believe in the authority of the Bible. Yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, I think you gave me this advice before where, um, yeah, you don't necessarily have to agree on every single doctrine in the Bible, but if they believe in that God's word is God's word, it's the authority for our lives, how we relate to him, how we relate to others— it shapes our worldview. I think that's really important. And I was thinking about it like, 
even personally with my own relationship with uh, my fiance, Allison, I remember when I first met her, um, she was new to the faith and I was not necessarily interested in dating her or anything yet. I was just talking. We're just uh, not, I can't even say talking cause that's, <laughs> that's a cultural word now, but just hanging out with her as friends in group settings. And we were talking about abortion. And I remember she was new to the faith, not really sure where she stood on the issue. And I was, we walked through the Bible and was, okay, showed her that, okay, the Bible is undoubtedly pro-life that, yeah, everyone is made in the image of God, even babies. And the Bible's pro-life. And she said, Oh, I guess I'm pro-life, yeah. <laughs> which I was like, that's awesome. It immediately made me like her more because I was like, yeah. okay, she's submitting to what God's word says. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And same with, same with Laura, you know, my amazing wife, um, when we, when we met, you know, we had maybe some slight differences in belief and I always give her a hard time cause she, her favorite book back then was the shack. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, it's so old now. It's like, do we even need to comment on it? But yeah, yeah. you know, kind of a, not not a great view of the Trinity necessarily, um, but I was kind of giving her a hard time about it. And and yeah, like when she was shown scripture, she said, okay, well, the Bible says that. That's what I believe. And so, yeah, you're not necessarily always ever going to agree with someone 100%, mm-hmm. but where is their authority? So even if it's a disagreement, look and see how are they determining this? Because a lot of people will say, oh, I don't believe in predestination. Okay, I, I, there's arguments. So I've asked people, someone like, well, what verse do you go to for that? Well, I, I don't, I mean, I just view it differently or I just don't believe. Okay, well, that's, a, that's a red sense flag. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, you yeah. know, what was just a yellow flag, not, a, not the end of the world, becomes a big deal when it's, you're not even going to scripture. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're submitting to scripture, looking to scripture, then over time you will come into conformity with God's word. Mm-hmm. And that's going to sanctify you. So yeah, I, those are things I'd watch out for. That's good. What else, what else uh, should we be looking for? I think also something that's really important is they're committed to the sanctity of marriage. So this all, all this talk of the one, I think they have to be committed and understand that the one for them is the one they marry. Yeah. Right. So once you're married, you're committed. It's a, it doesn't matter how you're feeling day to day. That's the person that I'm with. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully you'd have joy every day, but if yeah. not, that person is the one. So. That's right. So yeah, exactly. And the divorce should never, should never be uttered. I mean, of course, you can use the word, but I'm just saying that <laughs> yeah. should never be on the table. It's not an option. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And then I think another helpful thing would be they're quick to reconcile uh, any differences. So, yeah, they're willing to gently confront and uh, forgive you of sin. I, th- I thought of Proverbs 27, 16, which says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, I mean... How much more would you want your wife <laughs> to be that? Like telling you where you're failing, where you're sinning and saying, hey, you failed. God forgives you. I forgive you. Let's reconcile, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I also think uh, it's important that they're quick to recognize their sin and make amends with you. So, yeah. hey, I sinned and I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that's really important and understated in relationships. Yeah. yeah. Con- conflict is always a good opportunity in relationships you know, um, Ken Sandy talks about how we should steward uh, uh, conflict. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity and a gift from God to grow closer to him, to grow closer to somebody else. And so when you have conflict in dating, use it as a chance to see, okay, who am I 
am I being who God calls me to be? Am I handling this biblically? And who is this person I'm dating? Yeah. Are they growing? Are they, are they, you know, progressively being sanctified in this area? Cause we all have challenges with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, those are a good kind of like yeah, that's good. way to, to reveal, to bring out what's, what's on the inside. Hmm. Yeah. And I think lastly was, uh, la- the last thing I would say is I, you'd want to find someone who can interact well in groups. Mm-hmm. I think this is like totally lost even in the church. Like, uh, you don't really want to start dating someone and then just like go out into the wilderness yeah. <laughs> with that person. Like, I think it's super important. You're, uh, living in community. Both of you are committed to the local church. You're hanging out with friends and you're watching how this person, uh, interacts. I mean, yeah. you want someone who's, uh, kind, gentle, not going to be, I don't know that people don't like <laughs> essentially, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't want to, you want to make sure that they're, I mean, Romans twelve eighteen, living peaceful, peaceably with all men. You want, you want them to be able to function well around others. Yeah. And I think even, you know, not just like lack of conflict, but are they investing in others? Do they yeah. see their a vital role in the church? Do they have accountability, right? Do people know them? Mm-hmm. That was one thing I didn't think about, uh, you know, intentionally when I was dating early on was, wait, do they have friends that know them that they're transparent with? Because if not, this dating is not going to go well. Yeah. Because then they're going to, what happens is then they put that entire weight on you. Exactly. Which leads yeah. back to the idolatry problem. But you need multiple people in your life, a lot of people coming around you to help you and strengthen you. Mm-hmm. You can't just all be about one person. But I, yeah, I think there's a lot of, a lot of couples that will kind of just break off and you'll be like, wait, whatever happened to, to Joe and Susie or whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like, they break up and it was a total disaster, right? Yeah. They like just totally leave You're all just their destroyed. friends destroyed. Yeah. yeah. So you put everything in that person. I think there's one thing missing from this. If I could just be very picky about your list here. I feel like there is something lacking of the delight and romance. Mm. And, you know. That's good. That's good. Like I used to, I used to when I was a cynical young man like yourself. Now I'm old and wise. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, uh. I used to be like, you know what? As long as they love Jesus and they're, you know, mildly attractive and <laughs> whatever, you can you can make it work. And you probably couldn't make it work. I'm just, but I think there's something missing. Of man, y- you should like it's biblical to delight in mm-hmm. your in your spouse, or in this case, your spouse to be to to be in love with them, to love spending time with them, to have real you know deep conversations with them. Yeah. So. I used to say more of like, oh, it's just about kind of the basics, but and, and it's not about how they look or it's not about how well you connect. And I think, you know, I was like, I'm kind of being a hypocrite because I have all of that mm-hmm. in my spouse. And I think that God does, if he's called you to marriage, he's going to give you somebody that is very pleasing to you and exciting and... That you enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Makes your life better. Like I would be such a more boring person without Laura. Yeah. You that's know? good. And I love that about her. She, she brings a lot of joy and fun to my life. So, yeah, that's just a, you know, little thing. But mm, That's great. You're, so, you're just so spiritual. You're yeah. so heavenly minded, Jonathan, that <laughs> thank I just you, think. Thank you. I mean, the read, read Song of Solomon, you know, um, <laughs> like it's, there's like a delight and, a, you know, there's a lot. That's a good thing. And yeah. It's good to be attracted and all that stuff. So, um, good. Well, I think that's, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. We'll be digging into some more of these topics in the coming weeks. So, it'll be more fun to be had. Sweet.